You're listening to an Irreverent Podcast. Visit Irreverent FM for more content from our friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome. My name is Janice Legata, and this is God Has Not Given, an ex-evangelical podcast featuring me and my failing faith and conversations with my friends and family. This week's episode was recorded early on Election Day and was actually meant to be the first episode, but when things in church world escalated quickly with the Carl Lynch shenanigans, I switched things up and switched the episode order. So this week, we're back to our regularly scheduled programming with my friend Emily coming in hot from South Carolina. But before we get to that, I have decided to take the first few minutes, the first segment of each episode, to share a thought and or ask a question to hopefully stir up some discussion and maybe even inspire some future episodes if anyone feels led to get into it with me. So this week, as you'll hear later in the episode, both Emily and I have had experiences of Christians being dubious about non-Christians and their thoughts or opinions on things. So my question is... How different do you think the Christian worldview is from the general worldview? Are Christians more moral? Are their views on the issues more likely to be right? Because as someone raised in the church, I was definitely taught that there was a definite us versus them, but I think a lot of that hinges on how tightly we hold to the idea of original sin, with everyone being born bad and having to be made good. I think it makes us think people outside of Christianity lack a sense of morality, but I don't think that's true. I think we're all obviously imperfect, but we're not naturally immoral. But maybe that's just me. What do you think? Hit me up on the Instagram at GodHasNotGiven or the email GodHasNotGiven at gmail.com and let's talk about it. And speaking of talking about it, please join me in welcoming this week's guest. My friend, Emily, who I met, I don't even know, I want to say 2012? Yes. Yeah, I was trying to do the math and I'm like, okay, well, I know how old she is now, which is always baffling to me because she's... I'm the baby. She's a baby. (laughs) And I'm like, I feel like I've known her 15, 20 years. But apparently that's not possible. So apparently I'm correct. We met in 2012. She was part of a connect group that I led for many, many years in my mega church days. And yeah, I'm really glad to have her as my first guest because she is someone who's definitely known me in these phases of my life. And I'm sure she has thoughts on me in this transition and this journey. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting into it with her. So, Emily, you want to confirm or deny any of that or add any more texture, color? Yes, I remember. Uh, I do remember it was November right before Thanksgiving. Um, and that was, and I, only, I only remember that part because I broke up with my boyfriend two days before this time, before I met him. Um, but, and then I remember it was at Kenya's house. Um, and then I don't think I actually, and I was really nervous, um, because, uh, everybody was a grown up and I was not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I didn't talk that much. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I actually talked to you right away. 
but I think just whoever, I think I talked to Amber a lot first because Amber was very like, hi, hello. And you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that was pretty much it. Yeah. You had it right at connect group. And I remember, I think I went at the, are we call, are we saying the name of it? Are we just calling it the church? I don't care. We can say the name of it. <laughs> I mean, they, they know, um, they, they know who you're talking about. Um, well, so I went to Hillsong and then I uh, wanted to join a connect group and they were like, here's all the connect groups near you. And like, you were just the first email that came up. Um, and that was how, and then you were like, cool. And then you just sent me like the mass email that goes out every week. And I was like, I guess I'm going. I think it took me like three weeks to actually go because I was all nervous. And yeah. <laughs> Kenya's house. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, first we were based on like the Upper West Side. And then we just kept progressively moving higher. <laughs> yeah, it used to be the Upper West Side, and then we became the Washington Heights Connect Group. Yeah. So, I was definitely, maybe, probably a Christian back then. Am I one this week? So you, Emily, give me three things that, to you, make someone a Christian. So, I... So I, had, I, had, I was thinking a lot about, I should have journaled some, but you know, I, I didn't. Um, so I had, I had three answers, uh, three things, and then I forgot one of them, but I have the other two. Um, and I realize now I'm likely going to be contradicting myself a lot because the empath in me looks at everything before deciding something. Mm-hmm. And so the empath in me doesn't always have an official answer. But that being said, I think the the two things one of them is the obvious one of i shouldn't say obvious but the quote-unquote standard of you accept jesus into your heart you uh become a christian because that's jesus coming and being a part of you but the other thing for me personally the tell of a christian is the decision the decisions that you make because uh, before i say this like we're all humans we're all hypocrites it's okay um we all make mistakes but if you try your hardest as possible to treat at least most situations in your life, approach it as Jesus would approach it. I think that's the tell of a Christian of how are you approaching this type of situation? Is it, is the, how you're approaching the situation as Christ-like as you can be, you know? So by my definition, yes, I think you still are, but, <laughs> but that's this week. And I'll take it. Okay. So for this yeah. week, I made it. I'm a Christian. Yes. This week. All right. And you as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So both Christians. Mm-hmm. So when you first saw the trailer for this podcast, mm-hmm. you said it made you sad. Mm-hmm. Then you listened to the episode anyway, and you're not so sad. Yeah. So walk me, walk me through all that. Why the sadness and then why the not sad? So, I, so actually, so backstory a little bit. When you first left Hillsong in the first place and you sent, like, a giant email saying, like, Connect is dead, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that I, I had already moved and I was already living in South Carolina again. Um, but I read that and that was, and that made me really sad because it felt like, I know I have this whole thing about chapters closing that, like, I, I don't like it at all. But uh, unless a chapter closes tonight... I'm happy about that one, but that's a different, that's a different conversation. Um, so it felt like, like, oh, this group of women 
and because like like we mentioned earlier i was the baby of the group and looking back i really was i was like i wasn't a baby and now i'm looking back i'm like oh no i was the baby of the group and I, it kind of felt like oh this group it felt like it really felt like something died even though it like the friendships didn't die the fellowship didn't die the connections didn't die but it still felt like it felt like i didn't have something to come back to anymore you know and so that made me really sad and then and then I came and visited New York and you had already were already checking out that other church at the time and I kind of felt it was still sad for me because we weren't all in the same place anymore um and honestly this is also like this whole backstory part it was just purely selfish (laughs) not going to lie to you because it felt like I'm like oh we're not all like nobody's in the same space anymore everyone's going somewhere different and then when I watched the little preview of this, I took it as like, when you said, am I a Christian anymore? I thought it meant like, you didn't think you were one anymore. And I was like, but I really love Jesus. And I've looked up to this woman for the past eight years. And what does this mean if this this woman that I've like, cause I've considered you a mentor for the past eight years. Don't know if you know that, even though you're my worst enemy. Damn right. So I kind of took it as like, what, what am I supposed to do when the mentor that you look up to doesn't believe the same thing you believe anymore. But then I listened to the first podcast and it was more so, I took it as a little bit more rhetorical as in like, let's talk about this versus a, uh, you were like, I'm an atheist now, you know, because <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's how I heard it the first time I listened, when I listened to the preview, because I listened to it like four times actually trying to figure it out. So again, I'm not gonna lie, it was initially really selfish, but it, it, but then I like delved more into it. I was like, no, but like, this is coming from hurt, all of this. The reason for this deconstruction is birthed out of hurt and birthed out of pain. And so the more I thought about it and like stopped thinking about myself for 10 minutes, um, I was like, my friend is really hurting. My friend is having this really hard time. Um, so yeah, that's why I was sad. And I can see, like, I, I definitely say, no, I'm not an atheist. But yeah, I mean, for me, even like, like going back to the end of the Connect group and that, um, because I, I had obviously been like fighting for things and fighting for change like at Hillsong for years leading up to that um and the last the last year a lot of it a lot of the reason I was still there was because of the connect group Mm -hmm. um and that was in the end that was the hardest thing to to let go of and like that that was the most heartbreaking part like being like oh Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to let let go of this but like you said you had already left and like the core of the group had already kind of started you know breaking yeah. out moving out and doing their own thing um and for me like that was a gift because I don't know if I could have done it if it was still the core there mm-hmm. I might have just kept going through the motions for however yeah. much longer because like you said to like keep this keep this group together so that was definitely definitely hard but then at the same time like I don't even I don't even have kids but it was one of the final thoughts I had in leaving was like I would never I would never want to raise a child, especially not a daughter, in this environment. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want the next generation to have to have the same fights and the same doubts and fears and worries that I had. And, like, there's nothing in this place that's fighting against that. It's just instilling the same stuff I'm getting in the workplace or out in the world. And I wouldn't want to put that on somebody else to have to, you know, just fight these same battles again. So it's like, I have to get out of here. And because so many of you had already left, it was good. Because now I don't have to carry as much of that responsibility of trying to 
make this world look different for them. Yeah. Um, Because they're already baby birds. They're already out of the nest. They're out there (laughs) flapping around. But yeah, like I definitely felt that same kind of, oh, the family's breaking up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But now I look at it and I'm like, well, I mean, that is kind of what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. You are... You are supposed to be able to release people to find their own way and do their own thing. And finding out how much of your community is your community because you genuinely love each other and how much of it is just because we believe the exact same thing. And when we don't, then, well, we're done. Like, I don't have any more use for you because you're not serving on my team anymore. I learned a lot about I learned a lot about my own experience in Hillsong after I left and the stuff you were talking about in the first episode of just like the people who got quote unquote promoted, basically, for lack of a better term. It was just a certain type of person. And even on the rare occasion, it wasn't a white person. Oh, for background knowledge, I am a white person because this is not a video. (laughs) And so even like when it wasn't a white person that got, that would get promoted, it was still a certain type that if you only if you had to fit into this certain mold and if you didn't didn't matter how active you were and similar to you with connect if i think one of the reasons i stayed in the end was because of connect but also because of youth and just some like background stuff is i was in youth for i think it was for two years and towards the end it was incredibly frustrating to me that the youth pastor finally realized i don't want to say my worth but how hard i worked with the youth ministry and my group, I had over my court, over the course that I was in youth, I had three separate co-leads, but I had the same girls the entire time because all three of my co-leads eventually had to leave. But my, my RDG, our radical discipleship group had the most consistent girls. All of my girls were active volunteers in the church. All of my girls regularly showed up when they didn't have to. And and it was literally always all of them, you know, and it wasn't, even if they weren't there, like it was a reason behind it. It wasn't, they just were tired of going. And then it was like three weeks before I left that the youth, that before I moved, (laughs) that the youth pastor was like, you were, you were really good at this. And I was like, I know, I know I have been. These people that you've elev- that you've put on these pedestals and you've elevated them, not to be rude, but their kids don't ever come. I have built a relationship with these girls and I've been a mentor to these girls for so long and you've just kind of brushed me under the rug this entire time. Not to put myself on a pedestal, but you should have let me talk in the leadership meeting sometimes because clearly what I was doing was working, but I just wasn't the right kind of cool for that to happen. You know what I mean? And I wasn't the right... I wasn't like cool enough and it literally, and I, and he actually forgot that I was moving and he was like, I think I want to like start having you like step up and everything. And I was like, I'm moving <laughs> to a different state, like, and not just connect and not like Connecticut or New Jersey, like far away. <laughs> and so then because, I, because I had these group of girls that they picked for me, who was going to take over my group. And I was so I was, I, I had I already had my assumptions about the person that they picked to take over, but I decided to have a sit down with her and say like, Hey, cause I wanted her to know. And I was like, I need you to know that this student lives with her grandparents on the weekends because her dad isn't around. And I need you to know that this student 
X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to sit, I'm not going to name names or their experiences, but like that you need to know this kind of information. Um, and she was like, yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, she did like the Hillsong, like everything is great this thing. And I was like, no, not everything is great. These girls are going through experiences and I'm leaving and you have, you were taking over this. And I had this sit down with her and I told her everything. And again, she was one of those like elevated ones that was promoted <laughs> and sure. And I was being like so serious with her and so you know, at Hillsong, it was never very far past the base level. Like, everything is awesome. Everything is great. Today is the, d- today is the day the Lord has made. Um, Epic. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so she was very much like that with me. And I was like, no, I'm trying to have a conversation with you. And then sure enough, I think it was, it was less than six months after I had moved, none of my girls were coming anymore. And... I was just like, I, I was, I was devastated. And some of them went to different churches. Some of them weren't going to church at all anymore. And a couple of them came back when I came to visit, but it was still, it was like, none of the, none of them were the same after that. And I was like, come on, come on. <laughs> why, why did, why did you not listen to me? Like nobody listened to me. Cause I wasn't the right kind of cool. And then I had one more story with the youth is when I came back to visit, two Thanksgivings ago, you were still at your other church. And I went to Hillsong and that church that day. And I remember at the end of the day, thinking to myself, if I still lived here, I wouldn't go to Hillsong anymore. I would likely be, I wouldn't necessarily go to where you were going, but I would be, I would explore other places because I remember I was sitting in worship and I had two people on either side of me. And again, I'm not going to say who they were. I also, looking back now, this was an interesting fact that I just thought of is they were both women of color. And the lighter skinned one was one of the ones who were elevated and the darker skinned one was not, despite the fact that she was the best person in all of youth ministry. Then you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. She knows who I'm talking about too, if she's listening. I love her very much. So either way, so these two women were sitting on either side of me. The one that was super elevated and the one that was just never appreciated enough. And during worship, I was actually sitting down because I kind of needed, because that's kind of where I was in worship, I just needed to like be. And I watched the one who was elevated and really cool and everything like that, just fake worship the entire time and like wave her hands in the air and just like, and then she would look around to like make sure people were watching her. Mm-hmm. And then I watched her check her phone like in the middle of a worship song and then like stop worshiping to take a photo. And like, and it was just so fake and it was so garbage. This is literal garbage. And then the other woman who often, too often, got under, got overlooked and undermined. She was just like fully in the spirit and fully worshiping the Lord. And then even during the actual service when worship was over, the elevated one, they were, again, they were sitting on either side of me, the one who was super elevated, she was ta- like physically taking up so much space to the point that like her leg was kind of on my lap. And the woman who gets overlooked, she was very to herself and like, wasn't even touching me despite the fact that she's like someone I'm super close with. Yeah. And like, I was like, this whole, like this, even this is just a metaphor for what is going on here of just the fact that she's physically taking up so much space and the, and she's, and the other woman is just like trying, almost like trying to contain herself. And I was just like, I was like, this is so not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> this is so wrong. This is so not okay. And I just... And I got so angry and that, and that was kind of when I realized I was like, this happened to me the entire time I was here. And this ha- this has happened. And I know too many people that have a story like this, that it, ha- and it happened to them personally, or they watched it happen. And 
it was just crap and it was just crap it was just crap yeah i mean <laughs> 10 out of 10 can relate definitely yeah, <laughs> yeah. um yeah and so for me like i i mean i spent years and years in that church and i like i look back on it now and i mean none of my story i wouldn't change anything because everything led to here and yeah. um and everything is a lesson and like you have to take the good with the bad i'm like you know yeah a lot of people were garbage and did not treat me right at all but then I met so many wonderful people Mm -hmm. but yeah just thinking back to the ways that even in talking about it and and we both do it where it's like oh and it's not that I not that I thought I was so great or not that you know whatever but then on the other hand I'm like no we were good at what we did yeah and we that should be recognized if you're recognizing people if you're if you're going out of the way to say hey good job like Say hey, good job to the people that are, doing that are actually, job. yeah, doing the work. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm like so much of that. Like I said, it feels like I had to leave because I'm like this place is actually damaging me. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not just that it's not growing me. I'm like no, it's actually hurting me because mm-hmm. it says it says so much about about us. Like, and you can't be in that and watch certain people get promoted, get elevated. Then to say this is this is the will of God. It's not us. This is God is choosing these people. God is signaling these singling these people out. The thing is, is like anybody and everybody says that about everything, right? You know? So it gets very dangerous when when God is choosing this particular type of person over and over again. Yeah, because it's like, well, hang on, you created me like this, and you put all these things into me, and then to constantly say, no, no, not you. Mm-hmm. Not you. It's gotta. It's gotta look like this. It's gotta be like this. That's so harmful, and you get caught in this cycle of trying to just become less yourself to become this other thing. And at the end of the day, it's never gonna work because I'm never going to be that. Mm-hmm. And the further you are from it, so like if the as of the married white, married white straight male. I'm like, all I've got in that, well, I'm straight. Yeah. Uh, I've got that going for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm a woman. I'm not married. Mm-hmm. And I'm black. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be fighting uphill this whole time. And then for what? Yeah. To... No, I mean, it's like you're climbing an Aztec tower while this other type of person got to use the elevator, you know, and... It's like, oh my gosh, it's like when church was in that one really tall building and <laughs> and there was an elevator that only fit like 10 people, but there would ha- be hundreds of people in the lobby. That's what it was like. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And sometimes you would just be so, I'll just take the stairs. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to wait here. But yeah, it taught me a lot. It helped me up my skills. And then in the end to be able to take all of that and like reclaim it and be like oh actually this is mine and I actually can take this and go I don't have to feel beholden to this place or like like this belongs to them yeah and I do think there's something to be said about don't about giving your time to the king to the kingdom of God but at the same time but you can't be taken advantage of you know God doesn't take advantage of you you know so yeah you, you were being taken advantage of as were we all and I don't like it. And yeah, it does hurt. And I was hurt by it. And I am angry. And that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not... 
there's a whole market of Christianity that, you know, oh, you're not allowed to be hurt. You're not allowed to be offended. If you are, like, that's on you. Yeah, that's something, it's spiritual warfare that you have to work out, you know. Right. And I'm like, or you guys could just stop being dicks to people. Like, it's... <laughs> my, um, one of my favorite things to say to people, to Christians, I should say, because this doesn't work when you say to a non-Christian, is uh, just go, oh, yeah, because uh, that's totally what Jesus would have done. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right, you're right. Especially down here, especially down here. <laughs> Because I live in the South. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's my favorite part of the Bible when they talk about, you know, when Jesus said, grab him. <laughs> uh, yeah, scripture. This is just pure scripture. <laughs> Straight out of it, yeah. I can't remember exactly which book, but it's definitely in there. Mm-hmm. It, def- it definitely was. And I'm pretty sure that's that's how he dealt with the woman with the issue of blood, right? That's how he... Yeah, that's how... That's, you know, my favorite Bible story. No, no lie, like, that is my favorite Bible story. It's in Mark 5. That's how he dealt with it. He just he grabbed her. That's how, that's <laughs> how he did it. <laughs> it's just frustrating. I'm kind of going to transition the conversation a little bit because I kind of want to talk about what it's like down here. Is that, like, one thing I will give maybe not necessarily his song but definitely our connect group credit is the realness that we were and I kind of felt like in our connect group we were all pretty humble with what we were doing and how and where we were in our faith whereas like down here there's very much a holier than thou type of attitude and even when people are being real and it's just like but you know I'm just leaning into the Lord right now and I'm like okay, that's, that, like, that's wonderful, but do you, do you, like, want a medal for that being your response, you know, and, like, do you want a gold star, and, um, and then we make fun of participation trophy, but, but do you want one? (laughs) I've experienced a lot of that since I came back, and then since, originally, when I came back, I was going to the church that I went to back in high school with my parents, but that proved to not be what was best for me, because their church was very, is, is is very much a family church for the standard suburban household family and i know that's what we are as the four of us but when i came in i was the single one whereas like that was one really nice thing about his song is that most people were <laughs> that's why they gave you a medal and a promotion when you got married <laughs> because, you made so it out really congratulations I, of, I yeah. think i was literally one of about four people my age that were involved and not married and I realized that that wasn't good for me so ironically a married friend invited me to come to her church with her and then I ironically ended up going to a small group that was of all married people (laughs) but it was really hard in the beginning because I had really bad anxiety about it because I'd never been in a connect group in my whole life that men were in as well just in general, married or not. So that was a vulnerability thing for me, and I had a hard time with it. Really hard time opening up, finally. Uh, back around some story for the for the podcast, like, I have this boyfriend who I'm really serious about. We're, by the way, Janice, we're likely getting engaged, like, sooner than later. <laughs> um, which, is, which is weird, because I'm a baby. Well, you're um, a baby from New York. <laughs> you are an old maid. What? Oh, oh, yeah, lines. yeah. In New York, I was the baby. Um, and down here, I'm like, Haggerty. Um, so I've had this boy in my life <laughs> for the past, uh, 13 years now. 
and we went to high school together and we were best friends and this is a really summarized version and then like after we both moved away I was like I loved you and he was like I loved you too and then we had this weird like whenever we would see each other we would kind of be boyfriend and girlfriend for the day and then go back to our lives after we both went back to our realities and so he had moved back into town literally like a month and a half before I had moved back into town and I had this huge anxiety of like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, are we going to get together? Like as soon as, like as soon as I move home, we're like, see, is he, is he my boyfriend already? I don't even, I don't even know. Are we already dating? I don't know what's going on. And then he wasn't a Christian back then. And so I, that was a huge anxiety for me. I was I'm like, I'm going to start dating this boy. who's not even Christian. And I don't even know. And then I was at church with you, Janice. And then I was praying about it because I did have a lot of anxiety about it for weeks. Um, and I so clear as day heard God's voice say to me, like, Robert will know me. It's okay. He will know me. And I'm very picky about when I hear when, when someone says like, I heard God tell me because they think sometimes we can hear whatever we want to hear. But, and so I'm very sensitive to that statement, but I really, like, I really felt like I heard that clear as day. And then I came to the conclusion. I'm like, all right, he, Robert could come to know Jesus and us still not end up together. And that's where I, and it was that realization that made me like, no, I'm pretty sure this was God's voice because I didn't make that up in my own head but under the belief that like Robert's going to become a Christian and that's why we can date. And so, so like we started dating and then, um, and then my cousin dies in a car accident and I broke up with Robert for a couple of months because I was a disaster. Um, and then we got back together and there was a lot of people down here that had a, had a, had a big problem with it. Several of my family members included because they didn't think that he was the one God had for me. And I just so still was just like, I'm like, I heard, I heard God say this to me, you know, and, and Robert was super open to still coming to church with me and still and like get it and still being involved. And the small group that I was going to, he didn't come with me right away. It, it took him a little while to start coming to that with me, but it was really hard because when he finally did start coming, everybody in the room knew that he wasn't quite a Christian yet. And so there was, at the end of the day, he really didn't feel welcome for like a really long time. And actually when the group broke up. There's only one couple that ever actually made Robert feel welcome. And now the husband is one of Robert's closest friends because they were the only one to make him feel welcome. And I was like, how do you guys expect to share the love of Jesus with somebody who doesn't know the love of Jesus when you're not doing it? Do you know? Like you guys want this for me, but you're not willing to also put in the work to share Christ with him. And I had one friend, she came over to my house and she put it under the guise of she just wanted to quote unquote hang out. And she sat me down and told me how wrong it was that I was still with him and the fact that we were dating at all and like how, like, what is this going to do to my faith and all of this stuff. And I just, and I, I was so hurt and I was so insulted because she'd only spent, and this was right in the beginning, because she had spent like one instance with him. And then I, and then I, I actually said to her, I said, I think you need to go. And because I can't respond to this right now. Um, so I called her a couple days later and she apologized to me because she realized how she handled it was really inappropriate. And I just told her the truth. And I was just like, I was like, listen, God told me that Robert will know him. And I have accepted that Robert knowing him doesn't mean I'm going to spend forever with Robert. You know, and, and it m makes me upset that you made this pre this prejudgment about him having only spent one instance with him. You didn't ask him about his heart. You didn't try to get to know him. You had made this decision already. And that's kind of the epitome of the kind of holier than thouness 
that goes on down here. So Robert actually, like, quote unquote, officially, I don't, I don't really like it, calling it that, like, became a Christian a couple, probably, like, the beginning of the pandemic, because we finally, like, had to sit down and we talked about it and everything. And he said he never considered himself not a Christian. Do you know what I mean? Uh, he just never actually kind of declared it. And then he said, he finally told me, he said, I thought I had to have it all figured out before I could ask Jesus into my heart. And I was like, oh, that's not the case at all. <laughs> I don't know if you've met me, <laughs> but I, but you know, I'm a disaster. <laughs> so I don't know why it's, I'm flattered. You think I have it all together. <laughs> um, and so he did and he prayed and um, our relationship's definitely different since that happened and different in a good way. But there's still this like little disposition in people's heads. And the couple that I was talking about that we've stayed really close friends with, it's one of Robert's closest friends, is they were one of the few people who from the beginning were like, all right, Emily loves this man. He doesn't know how he feels about the Lord. And the best way for us to share it with him is to just be as Christ-like as possible towards him. And he's one of, he's, they're, they're one of Robert's favorite people to hang out with. And when it comes to like actual church experiences, like it's, it's so white down here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It's so one dimensional down here. And, um, I actually did not realize until I moved home from New York, how white my world was before. Is you, do you have Bob's Burgers on in the background? That's good. That's, you, you should. I can see the reflection. <laughs> But that was, and then when I came home, I was like, oh, this is, this is a problem. You all are coming up with, with opinions about things from a completely one-sided perspective. And so the church that my parents go to, they posted like a little black box on Blackout Tuesday. And uh, it upset some local police officers. They took it down. And that's when I was like, all right. Okay. I, I, I can't. Cause I, and, and at the end of the day, I'm not 10, I'm not 10,000% anti-police officers, but I definitely am going to say black lives matter and not blue lives matter. Not that they don't, but it's, but it, one of, one of them is an oppressed group of people who were born that way. And the other one pretends that they're oppressed over a decision they made. Um, so, Preach. so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that really, that really bothered me. Um, and, and then I was like, so instead of having a dialogue with the community about why you posted this, you just took a couple of complained emails and took it down. And unfortunately, that's what like a lot of the churches around here are like. And I love church for the community aspect of it. But again, it's not that I want a racially d diverse group of friends, but I just want a diverse group of friends at all that come in with all sorts of different life experiences and everybody around here has the same life experience. <laughs> and maybe that's bratty of me to make assumptions about people, but I, I am constantly willing to admit that I'm a hypocrite. So <laughs> I'm constantly willing to admit that I'm wrong about things and I could change my perspective. I like to have what we call in the education world, a growth mindset and not a fixed mindset. <laughs> and so my parents are really like, 
they're like, you need to get back into church, you need to get back into church, you need to get back into church. And I'm like, well, first of all, there's a pandemic going on. So <laughs> the places that are open, <clears throat> the places that are open, you can't like have fellowship. Like you go in, you sit in service and you go out. You have to like, I'm like, I don't know where you, I don't know where I'm going to build like this community that you want me to have so badly. And like, I do think there is something to like hearing, learning new things from a different preacher, but I also think it's important not to put a preacher on a pedestal because as you all know, there's a certain mega church down here and people who attend said mega church are weird about it. Like, <laughs> no, the Hillsong was an experience in it, but like the people down here who attend said mega, that are, are like kooky and people have these bumper stickers on their cars and it's all about like, cause I'm not even kidding. I think there's like 12 locations in Charlotte and it's all about which one do you go to? And it's like, mm, none of the above. And then it's funny cause I'll be talking to somebody and an accident, I'll like meet someone new and accidentally find out they go there and they're like, oh, have you heard about this church? And I'm like, oh, I haven't. No, thank you. Long, long, long story short. It's the holier than thouness down here really wears me out and it makes it really hard to find because I actually I really do want this like I not a church community per se but I really do want a community of Christians to just go and have and like experience life with because they again I, I say I want a diverse friend group but like when it comes to the Christian friends they understand a perspective of your what's going on with you a little bit differently because like I have a lot of friends who are witches now but if I go up to them and I'm like well I read this thing in my bible the other week and I was wondering what you thought about it they're gonna be like I don't, I don't think anything about it. I thought I have no thoughts because I don't believe in the Bible, you know? So it, again, I, I think it's important uh, for me at least to ha have that group of people. And I don't, so I just don't know where they are. I don't know how to find them. <laughs> um, and it's like dating, but with friends. <laughs> and there's a couple of people that I'm really interested in, really interested in attending their church, but Charlotte is so huge that like the church they go to is 45 minutes away without traffic. Mm -hmm. um, and I know we used to travel for a thousand years on the subway, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's different in your car. Because I my old youth pastor when I was in middle school, he has a podcast called Token Confessions. He, he's a black man and his, uh, and his other friend who's a black man, it's called Token Confessions as in like the token, the token black man. And I listen to it and they, they talk about race and Christ and uh, like so much. And I'm like, I want to go to that church so bad, <laughs> but it is 50 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> and I think maybe that maybe that's part of it is that in Manhattan at the end of the day everything was only like a couple miles away even if it took you all day to get there but like 50 miles away I'm like I spend a quarter tank of gas just to go talk to you <laughs> every single Sunday <laughs> yeah so yeah that's my community right now yeah I you know I worried about I mean all you guys going back to wherever but mm -hmm. I mean going from God. New York to anything is mm -hmm. like hitting a brick wall. Like, oh, we're sending like this little wolf back to the sheepfold because you... Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I first moved home, my mom had to have a conversation with me about my brashness. Um, <laughs> she was like, hey, you're really hard. Just like a lot. And I think you could stand just take just take a breather sometimes and maybe not curse so much <laughs> yeah. i think it's funny when people say like oh all new yorkers are liberals and 
this and that. And I'm like, oh, you mean that we talk to people outside of our own comfort zones? Oh, you mean we talk to people with different life experiences than ours? Oh, is that why? Is that what makes me so liberal? <laughs> because I know people that don't just look like me. Yeah, it's and you know that was part of part of the comfort of being here, and also like the the double double edged sword. Because even like talking about the last election, um, and being so traumatized and so shocked, because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, no, like I live in this place that is so diverse and open and welcoming, and surely this is what the world is like. And then being like punched dead in the face <laughs> with the reminder, no. Most of America is not like this. We are, I'd like to think, way ahead of the curve leading this trend. We're the outliers, but I'm like, no, I hope I hope this is what the future looks like. Yeah, I hope we can do better. Part of that for me, I was having a conversation with someone in my Instagram DMs the other day. Hillsong person, Trump supporter, trying to like ask me, well, I mean, do you actually like Biden's policies and whatever? But like one of his final points before we were like let's be done yeah leave it alone you know well um you know a lot of my most of my non-christian friends support biden and that's like a red flag for me and i'm like that's 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 just a terrible way just a terrible worldview to have i was like because christians are not christians are not more intrinsically moral like it's not like i hate the the, hate the way we draw that line that like if you're not a Christian, you're a bad person. Like mm-hmm. or you can't make good decisions. Mm-hmm. You can't Yeah, you just can't make right decisions. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason why like I like I don't care. I hope you do on some occasions label me a non Christian. Cause I hope that makes you wrestle with like what that actually means. Because when mm-hmm. we just categorize people and think we can just say Oh, because you don't believe exactly like I believe, your opinion can't be right or you can't, you know, you're just automatically wrong about everything. That's so, so small-minded, so limiting and so dangerous. So, you know, at the end of the day, I tried to like separate it from Biden or Trump as much as possible. And I was like, like, at the end of the day, if nothing else, like I'm looking at the people who are surrounding them and like who they're, who they're surrounding themselves with and who they're surrounded by. And I said, you know, if, especially the way things have devolved, if Biden supporters and Trump supporters were on the same street at the same time, I know which side of the street I and so many of the people I love would be safer on. That's just, like, so blatant to me. Um, And... I don't know. I don't. I don't know how people reconcile that. Uh, I I said this earlier. Is like I try to be constantly willing to admit that I might be wrong about something. Once you're open to that, like it just changes so much, um, and you're able to to better relate to other people and to take on their opinions. It's not so. It's not so offensive, because I could be wrong, and just knowing that, because sometimes you know you're being confronted with people who just cannot conceive of the fact that they could be wrong. And it's just, I don't know, it's just like all that stress you're carrying, trying to like impose your will on the rest of the world. I don't have that because I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not tied to this one position, you know, and I have to, I have to die on this hill. I don't have to die here. Mm-hmm. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can head on home. That for me. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go. Uh, you go on and uh, <laughs> stay here. Be crucified on this hill, but I'm I'm gonna go home and uh, I don't know. Watch some Bob's Burgers and chill out, cause cause I don't know. And there's a beauty yeah. in that. Like there's just a, a freedom to keep figuring it out. I kind of steered the conversation a little bit away from the whole deconstruction faith thing, but I don't think it's for us to say who is and who isn't a Christian at the end of the day, because we don't know what's going on in people's hearts. We don't know. And also, like, when did God give us a little anointing staff that he was like, here, you get to decide who is and who isn't one because your faith is holier than the person next to you. I don't think it's right. And because we're all so different. And I think all of all of our faith looks different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God is... God is God. And mm-hmm. why would God speak to you the same way God would speak to me? Like, it doesn't... doesn't we're work. different people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I don't even... We don't even speak to anybody else the way we speak to each other. Exactly. Exactly. It's insulting to his magnificence to say that he is one thing and that's it yeah amen sister so on that i'll wrap it up and in this last little section i decided i will tell my guests not what makes them a christian to me no ah i know (laughs) where i see the good of god in you definitely your honesty you talked about how our connect group was pretty humble and pretty open and just we were who we were there were so many occasions you broke that open and you spearheaded that or would just like open up these conversations just you know just by being you and you would just bring that that level of of honesty and humility so I always always appreciated that and I know you're gonna take that into your classrooms too so I'm like, I'm not even worried about you teaching and trying to be the middleman. You've always done that. I also see the good of God in you and your sense of humor. You crack me up. Um, <laughs> I just enjoy, yeah, just your your darkness. <laughs> we have good times. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm forever forever thankful for you forever proud of you you're out there doing your thing and you know you are you're one of my bells one of the girls from the south the ones who give me hope because i'm like they were (laughs) raised in these very not not open diverse places came to new york got wrecked um and have gone back and have started to, like, not let that place change you mm-hmm. back into something, but are slowly, as much as possible, dragging it forward, putting in that work. And that, that gives me so much hope. Thanks, Jay. No, thank you. Love you very much. I love you so much. <laughs> Stupid much. <laughs> even, though I, even though I hate you. I know, no, I know, I know how angry that makes you. Yeah. <laughs> 
which also gives me much pleasure so <laughs> so yeah so that's that and that's a wrap on episode two many many thanks to emily for talking with me and to you for listening in i hope you enjoyed it and i hope to share subscribe to rate and review this podcast as you see fit when we recorded this episode early on election day we had no idea of how much was about to happen and how involved American Christendom would be in it all. So for the next few weeks, I'll be talking with my guests about Christian ideologies surrounding politics, morality, and marriage. You know, all the easy stuff. So I hope you keep listening in, and maybe even charming in. And however you're feeling about everything that's going on, I hope you're as well as can be. I hope you're fighting good fights and getting into good trouble. And I hope you're washing your hands and wearing your mask. Be well. And I'll talk to you soon. I am an E. I am-